1: Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Let's face it. At middle age, retirement planning. is something that most of us don't pay enough attention to, but really, what could be more important? You may remember hearing me talk with Roger Allen Friedman on a recent show. He's a chartered retirement planning counselor, Roger has a new special report out. It's called the Beneficiary Minefield, 19 Retirement Account Mistakes You Must Avoid. Frankly, this special report is a must-read for everyone with an IRA or other type of retirement account. Roger's special report is chock full of information to consider before you retire. Read it, study, and become educated about what, what might be the most important topic of all for a joyful, carefree retirement. And you can find this helpful new special report online at rogeronretirement.com slash shop. That's R-O-D-G-E-R on slash shop. Now on with the program. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's edition of Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Before we plunge into today's primary topic, which is it's a shame if you're ashamed, I like that title, I like to remind you once again of our OPENS formula. We've talked about the OPENS formula before, a formula to lead you to true, sustaining, sustainable midlife renewal. The six C elements to uh, uh, six key elements to a joyful second half of life, a formula that can open to you a whole new life of joy, prosperity, and willing service to others. And just want to review it one more time because it's nice to keep this in mind. The O is in the opens formula stands for an optimistic outlook on life today, tomorrow and over the long-term future. No, we can't control everything that is going to happen to and around us, but we can always anticipate the best, make plans uh, to ensure that uh, we're on the right track, but then be routinely confident that we will overcome any challenge. That's what it is to have an optimistic outlook instead of sitting around worrying about what could happen and uh, shortening our lives doing that. The P in the opens formula is for prayer, and by prayer, I use that in a broad sense to mean... a spirituality and trust in a higher power, something beyond us that can show us the way. Uh, That's what we call God, universal intelligence, whatever you want to call it. Personally, I certainly wouldn't want to uh, move forward in life uh, relying solely on myself and without the uh, possibility of prayer to ask for guidance from God. Uh, So the P stands for prayer as in the opens formula the e stands for exercise which in turn helps lead us into a healthy lifestyle and positive energy needed to challenge life and ensure favorable outcomes you know i wouldn't want to uh try to uh, maintain a positive outlook or to maintain the energy I needed in a 50-pound overweight body, and neither would you. Uh, it also stands uh, um, for measures we can, can and should take in order to uh, Attain and uh, stay healthy, and stay that way, because it's so important, uh, health, to the renewal formula. That's the E, exercise. The N is related, and it's for nutrition. Exercise alone won't do the trick without a healthy and sustained healthy diet. As we hear more and more about uh, all the things that uh, we should and shouldn't be eating, you and I certainly need to consult with others over what we ingest. And uh, to quote the tired old axiom, we are what we eat, and it certainly uh, helps if we uh, pay attention to that in our nutrition. The S in the OPENS formula, well, that stands for any one of three elements, all important to a healthy, joyful, and prosperous second half of life. Most important, perhaps... Uh, The S stands for service to others because we will never sustain renewal uh, by by concentrating only on our own needs and by being selfish. It definitely doesn't stand for selfishness. Service is the first element uh, that the S stands for. It also stands for socializing because no one really can attain and sustain renewal simply by staying by themselves and not <laughs> relating and sharing their experience with others. We need others in our lives. That's what human beings are all about. And so the S is for socializing. And last but not least, the S in the OPENS formula stands for sleep because sleep is an extremely important ingredient uh, to renewing our body, mind, and spirit as we uh, take a rest from today and get ready to face tomorrow. It uh, you know, Sleep re-energizes re-energizes our bodies and souls and it's something we really can't do without if we want to be our best and you know over the next several weeks we will address and turn each one of the opens of the letters in the opens formula O-P-E-N-S and the truth of the matter is we need all six of those elements in our lives if we want to uh, enjoy a truly joyful uh, prosperous and productive second half of life. You really can't have one without the other. And now let's get on with today's program. Before I introduce my guest, let me ask you a deeply personal question. Now, Don't be alarmed. You don't have to answer the question out loud. It's strictly between the outer and the inner you. Here's the question. Are you ashamed of yourself? I'm certain most of us, including me, would answer this question. Of course not. I'm a good person. I do my best. I do all right financially and get along well with most people. In fact, some of you may even be offended that I asked. But before we move on, do one or more of the following characteristics describe you? You've had a fair degree of material success, maybe a lot, perhaps earning a generous income and living a privileged lifestyle, but rarely, if ever, do you wake up in the morning looking forward to the day ahead. Life's had moments of joy, but for you, genuine happiness always uh, seems to be fleeting. And your relationship with your spouse, perhaps your ex-spouse, your kids is rocky at best, and very few moments of calmness in your household. You've come close a number of times, but you've never really satisfied with the results. You're always willing to settle for second best. And in your mind, life today is nowhere even close to where you'd like it to be, and you routinely berate yourself for mistakes you've made or for failing to take advantage of opportunities. And one can blame a tough upbringing, lack of educational opportunity, bad career breaks, a failed marriage, a whole lot of external reasons why life today isn't so great. But one thing for certain, the past is over and you can't do anything to change it. And on the flip side, there is no one on earth or any circumstances that can hold you back from achieving success and happiness on your own terms from this day forward. And the only person with the power to do that for yourself is you. And that negative voice inside that keeps informing you that you're not good enough or that you don't really deserve to live a joyful, prosperous, and productive life, that's got to be silenced, that little voice inside that's ashamed of you. Are you your own worst enemy? Like me, would you truly like to discover why you keep sabotaging your own greatness? Why do you want to do, or why you do what you do, and why you are the way you are, even if it's far from beneficial to yourself and others? Well, I've got some good news. My guest today, author and motivational speaker Rick Patterson, is on a mission to help us answer precisely that question, To expose the root driver behind our destructive decisions and break that vicious cycle and empower us to a life of increasing freedom to make healthy and self-fulfilling life choices. And Rick Patterson in his early 30s was a uh, self-described stereotypical overachiever, working full-time in corporate America, going to school to get a Master's of Divinity degree, then launching an outreach program at his church. And, oh, by the way, he uh, raised 50 head of beef cattle just to keep busy in his spare time. And he left the corporate job and then spent the next 10 years as an ordained minister in a new church development while he went on to obtain a doctoral degree in ministry. And he and his wife uh, adopted a sibling group of four African-American children, three girls and one boy, And in 2011, Rick returned to corporate America, where he's currently employed a new product launch, bringing new chemical solutions to the paper industry. And he's author of a brand-new book released just this May titled Shame Unmasked, Disarming the Hidden Driver Behind Our Destructive Decisions. And, Rick, it's definitely a privilege to welcome you to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age.
0: Well, I appreciate being with you. Thank you.
1: Well, to all appearances, for many years you were a fully engaged, highly productive, and self-sacrificing and caring individual. Yet, in your book, you reveal that anxiety and rage were overtaking your life. In hindsight, what was going on inside that kept you so fearful and angry?
0: Well, I think that is the great question that we all have to deal with. And for me, it's uh, uh, it's this highly misunderstood word called shame. Huh. And in my book, Shame Unmasked, it's really exactly what the title says. I hope to sort of unmask this, oh, this tricky word, this uh, this almost taboo word, this very misunderstood word, yeah. and how it motivates and manipulates our lives.
1: Huh. Well, following financial, church, and relationship setbacks, three of your four adopted kids had run off. You reveal by 2011 you were bankrupt emotionally. Tell us about that light bulb moment when you tripped on your own untied shoelaces out in the field and began to berate yourself for what an outstanding idiot I was, as you put it. And then you <laughs> called yourself, you stupid bleep. <laughs> what realization yeah. came over you that uh, subsequently changed your life and sent you on your current mission to enlighten others? <laughs>
0: You know, uh, and uh, I've, I have bleeped those out on my videos, as you're aware. They're on my website, but uh, um, because it's not, uh, it certainly, is not uh, a language I'd like to use in public. Certainly, I, I would call never call myself
1: use... that a few times. Over yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: you know, it's funny what we'll call ourselves in private, but we don't want it. We, we would never want anybody to see us calling ourselves yeah. that stuff. No. You know, and and. And I, I, at one point, and I, as as you know from from reading my story, you know it's, that was a frequent occurrence for me to berate myself verbally that way with very very uh, very challenging, very hard language. Language you mm. can't print. Yeah. And at one at one point, I remember I was doing it so loudly that I was fearful that the neighbor heard me, and I thought <laughs> this is terrible. You know, who even uses this kind of language, let alone geared towards themselves and. For me, that was my light bulb moment about really how deep and wide the shame was and the anger and the self, I call it self-contempt, the self-hatred was inside of me because I thought, you know, you just don't talk to people this way. You know, certainly you don't talk to people you love this way. I would never talk to my yeah. kids this way. Yeah. yeah, Here I was in the middle of this field hoping nobody overheard me talking to myself this way, you know. And well, at just least you had it. a
1: field to, to express yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, right? Throw house neighborhood
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fairly close pasture, so there were probably people in here shot, and so hopefully nobody was.
1: What is this destructive force, this shame that leads so many of us to make decisions and take uh, actions that we later regret? Where, where does it come from? How, do, how does it get embedded within us?
0: Well, that's a great question. I think there's there's a couple pieces to that. One is that um, uh, I think it's just something that human beings uh, by nature carry with us. It's a, it's hmm. a challenge that... I think exist um, just as part of being a human, part of being a person. And that's kind of what my book, the, the first part of my book gets into is, you know, look, we're all in this, in the same boat. We're all suffering with the same thing to one degree or another. And this, this, I call it a virus. This virus has different symptoms in each of us. It may look different on the outside, but it's the same sort of thing that's percolating inside of us. So in one sense, it's just there because we're human. Yeah,
1: that was so interesting when you pointed out you were with your son in a uh, subway talking about uh, his challenges, and the uh, guy behind the counter said, hey, man, I can relate. I have the same challenges.
0: (laughs) 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 Yep. Well, that's the one thing that, you know, the adoption of the kids really did teach me is, I mean, here here are my kids, right? I mean, I I came up in a well-to-do home. I'm Caucasian. I'm male. I'm middle-aged, you know, and. And here are my kids are African-American. They came up with a very difficult background, yeah. um, you know, abandoned, become wards of the court. And, and yeah. here I see these kids who are very different than me racially, socioeconomically, in so yeah. many different ways. I say to myself, oh, my gosh, they're just like me, and I'm just yeah. like them. And we have the same thing going on inside of us. It
1: just looks Wouldn't it be great outside. if we all realized that throughout the- <laughs> We have so much less of this. You know, (laughs) that
0: is, uh, yeah, and that's one of my, I don't want to say it's a goal of mine, but it certainly is a hope of mine to have us just take a pause and say, you know what? We're so in this together. I'm very new to Facebook, uh, and so one of the things I just put on my Facebook page Hmm. as I'm trying to learn how to do posts and stuff like that was a a quote from uh, uh, Plato that says, Be be kind because everyone is facing a strong battle of their own. And that post about how we should just realize that we're all in this together. We're all struggling with stuff. We're all calling ourselves those names, you know, in the field where nobody can hear us. We're all we're all upset. You, you you did a great job, Roy, just talking about the the degree of questions we're asking ourselves and the challenges we face. And I think you know, and that that post got so such a broad. Response to it, I think, because I think we all want to know that we are all in this together, you know, we're all facing the same challenges.
1: Yeah, in your book you rightfully point out that uh, hand-in-hand with shame comes the feeling of isolation, and that shame seems to encourage that. How best do we overcome that unfortunate conclusion that we're in the battle all alone and reach out to others, including a higher power for assistance? How can we uh, all band together to help each other slay this shame dragon? Yeah, you know, a,
0: <laughs> that's a great question. For me personally, I think it's probably different for different people. But for me yeah. personally, re- reading, reading was a big deal for me. Oh. I, I, I I heard from other people who said I'm in this boat with you, and I I mentioned in my book that one of those people was Mother Teresa, who oh. battled deeply with her own demons, for lack of a better word, her own oh, self hatred. I
1: mean, isn't that amazing? Uh, a person, yeah, it's I mean, basically you, a saint. And, uh, such a great example. Exactly. So the rest of us would be battling her own demons.
0: <laughs> exactly, you know. And if you read her autobiography, she's just she. I don't think she uses the same language I did in the field, but yeah. <laughs> she's, she she has the same you know she has the same impression of herself hmm. that I I had of myself. And I think to my and that's when I said to myself, you know what? If Mother Teresa's in the same boat with me, then maybe I'm not so bad. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, yeah. maybe this can be beat. And so that's what I, as I began to read and understand what shame was, I began to hear from other people and people I admired, like Mother Teresa and yeah. and, and like Abraham Lincoln, these people who really struggled with this stuff. And you begin, you begin to, and then all the way over to my daughters, you know, yeah. you begin to say, wow, there's some pretty impressive people who are in this boat. So it's maybe yeah, it's not such a bad
1: is- boat. This one daughter that uh, you say actually is quite beautiful, I've seen her picture on your website, and uh, she was considered herself the ugly one because uh, she didn't think she was as attractive as her two sisters, and uh, it's, it's just amazing the battles that the kids go through that we don't, probably as parents, oh, absolutely. We don't really realize they're doing, having that battle. But, uh,
0: yep, yep. And I think that's the big challenge is, you know, for the first step, As I've talked about in the book, his first step is to realize we're in a battle, you know, And, and, and if we can, if we can just become aware that this battle is going inside of ourselves, then at least we can arm ourselves. We can begin having the conversations. We can begin asking ourselves the right questions.
1: Yeah. Well, now for the $64,000 question. I guess that sure dates me (laughs) that old show
0: that hasn't been around for
1: years. But once we've honed in on shame, fear, and low self-esteem as the root roadblocks in our lives thus far, what steps can and should we take to change course and begin empowering our lives to a positive future? Uh, What worked for you? How, How did you start overcoming that?
0: Even you know, my daughter asked me. My youngest daughter asked me that when we were having lunch together at one point, and she asked me. She said, um, "Rick," she wasn't Rick, but she said, "You know, have you seen anybody actually beat this?" Hmm. And um, and I said, "You know, Tapiricia is my youngest daughter's name." I said, "You know, Tapiricia," I said, "I think our goal should be to win this particular battle in this particular moment." Oh, I, and,
1: that's a well, and good not, way to put it. And,
0: yeah, I mean, not necessarily look to the end game. I kind of, I kind of put it in language of of alcoholism. You know, I yeah. think the challenge for an alcoholic is just to not great, take a drink right yeah. now. Yeah,
1: that's and true. if
0: they can beat, if they can win this moment, then maybe they can win the next moment. And, then and you so I see that
1: those moments together and your life becomes pretty darn good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: So. You know, my daughter, Tepricia, was talking about how, you know, when she looks in the mirror, she sees a lot of the stuff that a lot of women talk about seeing, you know, uh, weight, ugly, bad attitude, you know, all this stuff that they all say. And she said, Rick, how do I how do I beat this? And I said, I think you beat it in this moment. And that's it. And then the next moment. And that's it. Um, And ask yourselves, ask yourself, where are those uh, where are those voices coming from? You know, yeah. and and how do I and how do I and how do I make the decision I want to make in this moment without listening to those voices?
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about your brand new book, Shame Unmasked: Disarming the Hidden Driver Behind Our Destructive uh, Decisions. In previewing uh, your book, what I like most about it—it's not a bunch of uh, professional psychological jargon and theory, but it's a, it's a great humbling. Uh, self-revelation of your own journey and that of others, from inner anxiety and rage to your current state of uh, happiness, content, and your mission to bring others along. Where can listeners go to preview and purchase your book?
0: Uh, My website is probably the easiest place. It's rickpattersonconnects.com, rickpattersonconnects.com.
1: Yeah, and that's a a very inspiring story. And uh, you do have some... uh, Practical suggestion, but uh, like you say, the main thing is to identify what's going on inside. Because I think you know, once you know what's what's really driving you, you can take steps to overcome it and take that one step at a time to uh, to overcome that rage and uh, that inner destructive yep. drive. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that drive. You know, you hit the key word there, right? You know, what is driving me? And that's yeah. one of the questions I asked myself, as you pointed out at the beginning of this of this uh, segment, is, "Gee, Rick, you know, you, you know, as you, as you went through all the stuff I've done in life, I started getting exhausted just listening to you, you know, and <laughs> then I, but and, and and then the question really becomes, Rick, what's what's driving you? Yeah, you know, what is driving you to overachieve like this? Why is this so important to you? And I think that is really an important piece to understand our drivers.
1: Were you able to, I I know I can go back and and think of a few instances in youth that, uh, you know, so often parents or uh, unsuspecting teachers or other people intentionally or unintentionally put that seed of doubt in their children's mind or in, you know, young people's minds. Were you able to identify anything from your youth that, uh, Maybe uh, implanted this feeling of shame or uh, low self-esteem that you seem to be battling. And I know I certainly can think of a few instances where I was, oh, maybe humiliated in front of somebody else, or. Uh, <laughs> were you yeah, guys? no.
0: The, yeah, there are there are um, you know bits and pieces of those, and probably more than bits and pieces. But you know, I can think of specific examples. But probably the core issue for me. Um, as I point out in my book was really dealing with the fact that as a child, I was introverted and quiet Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, I wasn't really, you know, particularly outgoing. And I realized that this, you know, this is a bad way to live that even as a child, if you begin to learn things like being introverted, which is, I mean, that's just who somebody is. Right. Yeah. If you begin to learn that you know gee, thinking, being thoughtful, being introverted, being all these things that a kid is on the playground will basically yeah. get you <laughs> not good? you know you don't you don't want those traits out of playground and you know if you, no, begin to, the, you know see see sure. yourself yeah, as that. yeah you, you begin to see yourself that way and and before you know it, you're sort of uh you're sort of owning the fact that owning the lie that there's something really wrong with you. And you need to go about fixing it, you know, and then that's that's where things really spiral out of control.
1: Yeah, it's it's so important as adults that we don't like. I can remember back at YMCA camp when I was a kid. This this counselor that I greatly admired, everyone called him Barney, <laughs> and he was kind of a swimming <coughs> instructor, and he commented on what an awful stroke I had after I was so proud that I passed the swimming test. And I never, you know, not that that's a big deal, but it was one other little thing that, uh, you know, led to my lack of self-confidence. And then I got chewed out by a scout master one time for um, the way I drank water out of this common jar they had. And just uh, little things like that can really uh, hurt a child.
0: I I think they do add it up. I think they do add up. And I think, yeah. you know, even if you look at, well, like the example that I gave um, in my book and uh, in one of my videos there, where I, I think I, I mentioned about my son, Troy, yeah. um, and I had just got done berating him for something, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought to myself, you know, here I am as an adult now,
1: yeah.
0: and I'm now inflicting shame into my own kids.
1: Yeah. You know, it, it would and, be great if we could stop to think about that. <laughs> that? <laughs>
0: exactly. You know, and then, and then I thought, you know, and that's, you know, it, as the story goes in my book, I, I pull myself aside and I say, you know, Rick, you, you just did what people have done to you and you did it to this <laughs> child, you know, and you need minimally, you you know, as you said in your introduction, the past is the past. You can't change the fact that those mm-hmm. words came out of my mouth. And at that point, the best I could do is tell my son, you know, that was wrong. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing how it's amazing how hard it is for an adult human being to tell a child that was wrong, what your dad did wrong. I don't wrong. think
1: your, um, your daughter was too impressed after you uh, punched the wall and no. <laughs> your fist after she <laughs> rolled her eyes at you.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Well, you know, I, it's interesting the comment you made about the book because that's one of the things I was really going for is um, because I do have a doctoral degree. I have read a lot of doctoral-level books on shame, yeah. Yeah. And, and I always have said to myself, I'm just not sure that's anything anybody, you know, the, the average person really wants to read, you know, yeah. psycho, you know, all the psychology and stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, at
0: this, but at the same time, how do we put a message together that is meaningful to to, to people, you know, and, yeah. and, and and helps them understand this sort of, psychological reality without having to have a doctoral degree to understand it. So that really was one of my goals to to get through it, to get across in this book.
1: Yeah, that's so great. Well, in conclusion for over 30 years of my adult life I was an underachiever in career, relationships and enjoyment of life, at least in my own mind, always on the verge of winning what I considered life's lottery but then pulling back out of fear or whatever until a few years ago I never understood why and like Rick Patterson I had my own light bulb moment around the birth of the new millennium and it might have happened sooner had I been able to read his book shame unmasked, but you can read it, and I highly recommend you do so, and your goal is to unmask the source of that internal critic that so often presents itself as fear, depression, poor self-esteem, or even egomania, and can ruin your life, and if you understand where it's coming from, it's much much more uh, easy in, uh, to deal with it or uh, capable you'll be more capable of dealing with it and once accomplished you no longer will need to fortify as rick puts it a false self but you can reach out to the to others and head them down uh, head down your own real path to success and joy and as jesus once said love your neighbor as yourself but please don't forget to love yourself and understand (laughs) why you haven't been loving yourself and thanks so much rick patterson for joining us here today You
0: bet. It's been great great being with you. Thank you.
1: My guest today, Rick Patterson, makes a ton of sense, doesn't he? In order to uh, improve the second half of our lives, beginning right away, it's so important to understand that confound inner voice that keeps holding us back. I know it did that to me for some 30 years. No matter how successful you are today, at least surface success, uh, whether you're wealthy or poor, alone or within a wonderful relationship, you have nothing to be ashamed of, so quit beating yourself up (laughs) it makes no sense at all shame and regret over the past benefits absolutely no one including yourself and if I may, I'd like to add a personal suggestion to speed along the process or to assist it. You know, one of the most effective methods to stop blaming yourself and obsessing over your own lack of confidence or fear or shame, whatever those negative thoughts may be, is to concentrate on helping out another. Concentrate on their problem or their challenge for a while rather than your own. And <laughs> You know, your own challenge may just go away. That's why it, or renewing together or as a team makes so much sense. It's a wonderful idea, whether it's two of you, three of you, four of you, whatever. And uh, you'll never, uh, and the great thing about it is uh, you can sustain your renewal progress by uh, celebrating others' progress as well as your own. And you know, uh, you'll never really sustain renewal concentrating solely on your own needs. I think that comes pretty clear to everyone who tries to renew. And here's another suggestion. Like Rick said, concentrate on one day, even one moment at a time. If for one moment you can be truly happy, uh, regret-free, not fearful of the future, then you'll start to feel good about yourself in that moment, and there's no reason the next moment can't be positive as well. Don't worry so much about tomorrow. Uh, Sure, plan for it if uh, there's something you know is going to happen or you think may happen, but then concentrate on a happy, carefree today, one day and one moment at a time. And you know, uh, putting one happy today and tomorrow together with a whole bunch of future happy days and happy tomorrows will add up to a wonderful, joy-filled second half of life, a life of enjoyable uh, servanthood, a service to others, uh, doing activities that you relish so that you relish the experience while you're bringing others along. And that's really the O, or optimistic outlook, step to our midlife renewal that we talked about at the beginning of today's program. And for this and a whole bunch of other positive steps to renewal, please preview my book, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up, by Roy C. Richards. It's about 10 years old now, but it says... uh, Recent update is tomorrow in what it has to say, and it offers a step-by-step roadmap to sustainable middle-age renewal, and who doesn't want that? And it would be great to read that, uh, my book, along with Rick Patterson's new book that we talked about earlier today, Shame Unmasked. You can find both Rick's book and mine on Amazon.com or go to my website, MiddleAgeRenewal.com. And that's our program for today. Thanks a bunch for listening in to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal training system by visiting his website, MiddleAgeRenewal.com.